thing that made me f- like fall in love with the dude was um I mean he's funny but instantly like okay my father my family's coptic mm-hmm. coptic christian egypt but like so much is similar very similar so much yeah. you know my father's best friend i grew up in kuwait actually i'm iranian but i was born in kuwait and uh, my father's best friend in kuwait growing up was egyptian and egyptians are just so full of life and uh, just uh, very beautiful people great souls just 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 good people i, I just remember yeah. being around a lot of uh, egyptians growing up and everything it's funny cuz people in the middle east have so much more in common mm-hmm. than they have separate yeah. but even but they still like forget about israel i mean mm-hmm. even like like when my dad was older and um uh, they had a arab american like you know, access cable channel. So if it would yeah. be on, be like, Dad, look, we watch our movie, <laughs> yeah. and he'd be like, "Son of a bitch, Yemen cannot understand one word they're saying." <laughs> yeah, the dialects like, are. Dad, they're speaking fucking Arabic. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. The dialects are wildly different. Like if you're if you're like from the Khaliji countries, like the Gulf countries, and then you speak to somebody from like Libya or like Iraq or like Lebanon, yeah. Egypt, yeah, vastly different it's dialect. very different. Yeah. Did you, so did your dad grow up, I know you grew up in New York. I, grew, did you guys... I grew up in New York, yeah, but my dad lived in Egypt till he was like in his early 40s. Ah, Yeah, amazing. he met my mother there. And when he came, to, when they, they got married there and they wanted to come to America, but um, Nasser was in power and they weren't letting Christians out of the country. So mm. we could have ended up just being in Egypt but I, someone in his family bribed somebody with like a case of scotch and something and <laughs> and he got out and that's how it, that happened amazing so what year was it that you that uh, they, they were came to? they were married when was Ke- Kennedy was assassinated in 63 60, right yep okay so when they when Kennedy was assassinated they were married mm-hmm. but my mother was in America and he was there so they were still trying to work it out. And then she was going to go there and move. And then he was like, something happened. I'm coming here. So Amazing. And you grew up, I think, from what I read, in the on the Upper West, uh, upper west Side? Upper West Side, yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. And did you spend some time in the Bronx? Or? Did we, are we start? Has it started? We, yeah, we're, yeah, just, yeah. we're okay. just going. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But did you spend some time in the Bronx in that area? Or did you go to school around I there? I did. I, well, I, I, I grew up on the Upper West, but I went to um, kindergarten and, um, and grammar school first to eighth. Um, in Harlem. Nice. Um, the Bronx, I was in the Bronx in, uh, when I got out of school, I started a theater, um, on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx with my friend Marco Greco and, uh, Dante Alberti. Um, but, uh, yeah. So somebody had told, I don't know if this is true. I thought I'd ask you, but somebody told me that back in the eighties, you had directed in the Bronx, in a small theater, yeah. Italian American Reconciliation. Chandler's did you do play. that? Yeah, that's right. Oh wow! And I heard that you that you interviewed Chanley recently. I did. I actually did that play too. I did it in New York. But the the only way I knew that because Lori, her name is Lori, Lori Trio. Triolo. Yeah, she was in you, that production that you directed, right. and the, she 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 was she played Aunt May in mine, and she told me that. I just thought that was fascinating that yeah. that, that happened. Like in that. fact, when that happened, I remember somehow somebody got Chanley's address Mm -hmm. and so i wrote him a letter and i was like we're doing this in the bronx you're from the bronx like oh you didn't know him no i didn't know him no no and i was like you know your work's so been so important to me if there's any way you want it blah blah blah. so i wrote him a letter and then he agreed to come Mm -hmm. so he came to the show but i was so nervous because it's fucking john patrick shanley it's like i didn't say hello to him 
<laughs> Afterwards, he went backstage, hanging out, drinking with the cast. I didn't go backstage. I was like, I didn't do a good enough job. I was like, wow. so I didn't meet him until like uh, a couple of years later. Amazing. Yeah. Well, how did how did playwriting starting for you, or was it acting first? Because I know you, obviously you you act as well and, yeah. and direct and create shows and all that sort of stuff. What what kind of what avenue started first for you, and and how did that kind of come about? Well, I started as an actor, and it's always been what I sort of love to do the most. And um, when I got involved with uh, Labyrinth Theater Company in New York mm -hmm. City, you know, at the time it was just a gym for actors. Mm -hmm. And uh, we meet one night a week from like 7 to 11, and we just do like bonding exercises and monologues and this and that, and then go out to the bars and get wasted, you know? And, <laughs> and uh, But we did that for like two or three years, so we developed this really tight bond. And, and, and at some point we decided, why don't we, produce theater um but no one knew who we were uh, despite the fact that even back then sam rockwell was in the company daphne rubin vega went on to star in rent and uh phil hadn't quite joined yet but um hoffman but um but what would happen was we decided so so say you had a play right and i was like oh my friend Marsha has a great play we could do it but then you'd be like well i don't know if i don't know if i want to do it with your company cuz no one knew who we were right. or maybe we had the play so we're looking for a director and the director's like ah i don't know if i can cast it inside the company you know so pretty quickly we decided let's just do our own thing Mm -hmm. And um, and John Ortiz, who was one of the founders of the company, we did an evening of one acts, and he said, "Why don't you write something?" And I was like, I don't, "I'm not a writer," mm -hmm. and but it, we went to college together, and I guess I wrote him a paper once um, in exchange for a pair of sneakers. I remember, and uh, it, he, you know, and, and then we took a playwriting class too as an elective, and he's like, "I think you can write." So it was an evening of short plays, and and I guess my piece went over really well, and then basically all my friends just forced me to start writing and to keep writing. So I, I wow. literally, I became a writer by being forced wow. by peer pressure. And then, but then to create product for us to do our thing, you know, it was like, we had a really, we were very close. So, you know, it was like, that's how it started, you know? And what I found that was artistic or that was um, satisfying was, you know, are you an actor? I am. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, the thing about acting is like, you could do all the training in the world, but until someone hires you, yeah. you can't act. Yeah. Um, but what I found is that when you're writing, you can play all the a you can play all the characters, you know, on the page, and b you can take all the stuff that's going on inside of you that you don't quite know where to put, you know, either like you can't tell your friends or or you know like you know you go you, you go through a breakup. And you're really devastated. So for like a couple of weeks, everyone's like got your back. But after a while, they're like, oh, Steve is coming, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and all those, you know, feelings you can put into into the into a play and just disguise the, you know, the characters. And so that's the kind of how it started. And then eventually, eventually it was sort of like, all right, I guess this is what I do. And what was the, uh, out of all of the plays that you had, wh which one was the first one to be published or to get any sort of major notoriety to like jumpstart your kind of writing right, career? Right. Well, you know, I was just telling someone the other day, the first review that I ever got, we did this play called Boom, 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 Boom. And, um, and I remember going to Barnes and Noble to buy, it was this in theater magazine. And I was like, I didn't even read it. I bought it first. And I went outside, I'm looking for the review, I find the <laughs> review. And and I was also acting in the play too, you know? And the first line of the review said, um, to be fair, some writers shouldn't act. 
dot, dot, dot. Or oh right, God. exclamation point. And then the rest was just like this Jesus. crazy pan. But no, uh, the play after that was a play called In Arabia Would All Be Kings. Mm-hmm. And um, and it wasn't, uh, it was the first play we had that like, you know, extended a few times. Mm-hmm. We had to go to a mini contract. Um, I don't think, I don't remember about reviews, but um, that sort of set the tone and then really was the next play was uh jesus hop the a train and that was you know we started out in a 70 seat theater and then we moved to off broadway and then we did it in rikers island for prisoners and then we went to edinburgh and Mm -hmm. then we went to london and then we went to the west end of london um actually madonna came and saw it when it was um at the donmar in london and she put in the money to bring us to the to the west end Wow. Yeah. So, I did not know that. No, I mean, it was, yeah, you know, um, I, I, you know, I met her for like two seconds. It wasn't like any kind of, uh, she wasn't hanging out with us, but, uh, but yeah, it, no one can say anything bad about Madonna to me. Uh, I, I always come back with, she. I love that play. I actually, ju- I saw it recently, the, the most recent time at the signature. And I know that play pretty well. I've worked on it in class for years. It's one of my favorite plays of yours. I just, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful oh, thank play. You, and even as much as I had worked on it over, I always worked on the angel uh, angel character, but I didn't realize until the time that I saw it at the signature, my perspective on it kind of changed in which mm. I thought, this play is more about Lucius in a way. I, it, there was something about the Lucius character that was so much bigger than I than I got out of just reading it and, and working on it. And, and then when I saw it, I was like, Wow, Lucius and the actor that played Lucius was, oh my yeah. God! Yeah, yeah, I forget yeah. his. I, I wish I remembered. It. He's he was phenomenal, and I rushed outside to go meet him because I had to tell him how incredible he was, and he was so like, he he had. I I went out as soon as the 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 curtain went up and waited for him, and he was already rushed. He had his bag on, hat on, and he was trying to leave because he he was just like trying to get out of it. But I caught him. And I made sure I told him, I was like, man, you were just absolutely incredible. Yeah, but that was, that was. Uh, and he came in like, in the, like kind of at the last minute because we had, um, I just rolled my bike. I can't remember anybody's name, but <laughs> yeah. we had an amazing actor, like a dream come true uh, actor that I just respected for years. And uh, we had, he had a few rehearsals, then he was sick. Then they said, oh, I, we think he has the flu. We think he has pneumonia. And it turned out he had cancer and 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 he passed and he was such a great um yeah dude so this guy that guy came in at the last minute and then the guy who played angel he dropped out like in previews so my friend sean carvajal who's a great actor in his own right came in very good you know so those two both of them were some last minute motherfuckers but they they were incredible they did a great really really amazing I, i i really enjoyed seeing that i just saw Right before I came, I just saw Between Riverside and Crazy. Oh, wow. Amazing. Oh, thank um, you. It was Thanks. really Stephen... Um, McKinley Anderson. Oh, my God. Every line, every line, people were howling of laughter. I had never seen such a thing where somebody could literally make somebody laugh every single line. He was fantastic. Yeah. The cast was fantastic. The scene where the, the church lady comes just killed. I mean, uh, it was really, really, I had never seen the play before. That was my first time. I had re- read the play before uh, in, in school coming up, um, but I thought it was wonderful. Are they, is that, is that, did they close? Did, yeah, we closed on Sunday. 
Nice. And how, how involved are you in like, so is that somebody else that's, that's coming? And um, I always, I just never knew, like when somebody does your play on Broadway, are you always involved or somebody, does somebody, a producer come and say, Hey, we're just going to get the rights and go do your thing or how? No, that... no, you're involved. You're involved. You're involved. Okay. Yeah. With, with, with everything. It was a little bit of a difficult situation because we were, we were scheduled to have did it like uh, a year before okay. and all the actors were committed and then they switched the slots and so it put a lot there was a lot of turmoil and i was ended up i was shooting um this uh winning time this hbo show yep. so i wasn't able to be there as much mm -hmm. as as i wanted to be but yeah all the casting rehearsing and and yeah as much as i could even when we were like rehearsing on zoom <laughs> like a zoom and so yeah of course yes yeah, you're, yeah. you're involved yeah zoom has been a big thing and at what point did you say, okay, now I have to continue writing plays? Is that something that ever crossed your mind? Because when you deliver really good plays, people, I guess people are kind of expecting it of you. Is there, yeah. do you have like, do you, is there, um, I don't know, like a publishing company that's expecting you to, to put something out or anything like that? How does I that mean, work? There, Yes. I mean, I think that. I think that people were ex are, are expecting me to keep, writing plays in the same way that you would about anyone. But really what it was for me was, like I said, it was really because of my company. Mm -hmm. And um, everything that I've done with Labyrinth, it always gets done. And it's usually pretty good. It's only when I take other jobs mm -hmm. that I sometimes mess them up or don't give it my all because I, I, I don't like writing. I mean, I know that sounds like you, you know, know I, wah wah wah, but it's 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 hard, and and for me, I'm not extremely disciplined person, and um and my writing process is, at least has been pretty, unhealthy, mm -hmm. um but the reason that I kept writing and and uh, I don't mean to sound this like uh, I guess I became aware that I had some talent yes. for writing. And I was also aware that I didn't really do anything to get that talent. I didn't study writing. I didn't get an MFA. I barely got out of college. I barely got out of high school. And so I felt like as long as I have that ability, then I have an obligation mm -hmm. in, until I suck to try to keep writing and to write about stuff that means something to me mm -hmm. and hopefully means something to mm -hmm. other people as well. Yeah. So that's what I try to live to. Do you ever look back on some of your stuff and say, man, how did I write? Some of the stuff you write is just absolutely like uh, incredible. Do you ever just look back on it and be like, how did I write that? Do you, is, is that ever a thought I, I, of I it mean, or no? I, <laughs> kind of, but I, I, you know, Bob Dylan, they asked Bob Dylan about that. And talk, you know, in his first- I, I saw that interview. That's why I'm know, bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, Bob Dylan's a genius. You know, Tony Kushner's a genius to- uh, um, Tennessee Williams is a genius. I, I I don't think I'm a genius, um, but um, but what I would say is that um, sometimes when you're in the flow, yeah, you know, like any one of my plays, there's there's going to be whole sections that were basically untouched from the first time they came out, mm -hmm. and then other sections that are like heavily, mm -hmm. you know, um, yeah. So I try to, um, I think that writing is a collaboration between the the person writing and something in the universe, yeah. you know? So I try to align myself with whatever that spirit is. And, uh, and then when the light goes on, when the door opens, I try to 
run through the door as long as I can. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, there's times where I've been writing for like, you know, 12 hours, 15 hours, and you have to go to bed. And so I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed. And you lie down, and the characters are still talking, and you're like, all right, I, just, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to say And then you're like, no, no, I better go and write it down. Yeah, before you forget it. So it's a, it's a, I think it's a combination. There's inspiration. Picasso said that uh, inspiration exists, but it must find you working. Um, and that's the thing. And, and the process to get me working is the most... That's the most painful part, at least for me. Yeah, I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Do you, when you're writing, um, I think I asked John the same question, but I'm always intrigued with people who can write like like you. Do you, does that, and let's say, let's pick something, motherfucker with a hat. Does that start from a character? Does it start from an overall general idea? Does it start from a setting? Um, and then how does a story like that come about, like in form? And does it go from the inside out, from the outside in? Um, I think uh, inside out. Um, I think that when I when you, when you work in, certainly when you work in television and film, you work from an outline, mm -hmm. right? You, yeah. you have some freedom to, you know, color outside the lines, but you're working from an outline and that's the correct way to do it. Writing, I don't. I write from, it starts from something that I'm feeling, mm -hmm. you know, something that's, uh, that I'm grappling with. Mm -hmm. um, and then it'll take the form of, uh, of, of dialogue. Like I, like I, I had a play, uh, Our Lady of 121st Street. Mm -hmm. And I think the first line of the play is what kind of fucking world is this? <laughs> and that's how I was feeling, you know? Um, motherfucker with the hat, uh, Labyrinth was having their again. Labyrinth was mm -hmm. having this uh, our summer retreat, mm -hmm. and so there's always an expectation I'm going to bring something. And I didn't have anything, and um, and so I just started to write. I guess what turned out to be the first scene, mm -hmm. and um, I went up there with about 15 or 20 pages, like maybe like the beginning of the play. You know, where did it come from? It came from what was going on in my life at the time. You know, roughly. Mm -hmm. You know, and this idea of I had been in a in a relationship with someone who's a great person and I still know and and I have love for, but it caused a lot of havoc. Mm. You know, um, she had been involved with a, a, a dear friend of mine before me. I had no idea. I had no idea. And then before we're involved the and then she told me, uh -huh. you know, and then, and then you know, we broke up and she started dating another extremely close friend, you know? So it caused a lot of, um, of, of havoc. And, and I was just, uh, it's going through that and also observing just uh, the thing about, you know, fidelity or infidelity and how people were, how people behave and, and the difference between when we're kids, you know, when we're kids, we really need our boys, you mm -hmm. know? So there's a code, mm -hmm. you know, there's a code. This is what you do. This is what you don't <laughs> For do. Sure. But then when we get older, yeah. those lines start, yeah, you know, to blur. blur. So it started from there and, and everybody seemed to really love it. But, but I was like, I was like, I can't write another play where everybody's cursing and no one has a job and everyone's desk. <laughs> but then I was like, all right, one, one more, one yeah. more. And yeah. it grew, it grew from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it grew that... from there. I find that it, it starts with what I'm feeling and if it can find its way into dialogue mm -hmm. and then I let the voices speak and then look and see if there's something there and then take it, take it from there. So I guess in that play, that first scene is sort of, they're having a big fight, right? Mm -hmm. And there's all this stuff. And then I guess that when that scene, excuse me, was over, 
at some point I must have thought like, all right, well, you mentioned his, his, his sponsor, so well, I'm gonna what would the sponsor be like? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. It, it started from there. It grows That's from there. Interesting. I have a funny story about motherfucker with a hat. My friend was working on it in class. Um, I, I, my teacher Larry Moss loves loves your work and assigns it to us all the time. <laughs> All the time, I worked on Jesus with him, and then my friend, um, my friend, he's an he's an actor in Toronto. Um, I'm Canadian also, but he lives in Toronto, and he was doing a scene from it in class, <laughs> and um, they were doing the Ralph Jackie scene, where they get into a big fight, and at some point they had choreographed, I guess, a, a chair throw, <laughs> and they his scene partner threw a chair. And my friend Franco didn't see the light on the stage was so bright, didn't, and it was a steel chair and hit him right in the forehead and split his head open. Ooh. And they continued to do the scene. Right. And we didn't realize that it was because somebody had gone up before and they used the blood packet thing. And so we thought, oh, these people are also doing it, whatever. But it was real. And after the scene was done, Larry was like is that real blood on your head? And he was like, yeah. So they had to rush him to the hospital. He has this permanent scar on um, on, on his forehead. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to tell Stephen that. Bobby, <laughs> Bobby, got, Bobby got a few concussions. Yeah. Um, not necessarily from the fight, but but I think he banged his head on something one time from the fight, and but he never missed a show. Amazing. Yeah. How did so? How did your uh, so speak of labyrinth? I was actually just they, I was at, I was there for a reading. There was a private reading of a, of a thing. Are you still involved in labyrinth? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Are, what yeah. was the reading? Uh, it was my friend Matt's friend. Um, his name's Justin. Justin Ron Silver. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. The Barn series. Yeah. yeah, the Barn series. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went. I went and saw the Barn series. It was a one act. Um, it was really, really great. The actors oh, cool. were awesome. Um, it was my first time actually going to something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I went and saw that. It was really, really cool. They're doing well and they're kicking. It seems like and we're hanging you, in. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we we lost. Uh, we went through a reshuffling. We lost our space. We lost our funding. We lost it, but we didn't lose. Uh, Hope. Our, our, our hope, heart, <laughs> yeah. spirit, and and love. So yeah, it's always good. It's always good to see a lot of the actors. I also saw um, what was the last play? Uh, 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 Victor, go, uh, no. go to heaven. The last play you did? Oh, halfway bitches. Halfway, yeah, halfway bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Those that was through Labyrinth as well, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was. Yeah. It was a collaboration between Labyrinth and the and um and the Atlantic Theater. Nice. Yeah, Neil Pepe. In fact, the first production of Riverside that you saw the other day. Mm -hmm was again neil pepe ah. um yeah he's been a real uh he's been really good to us good to me nice well and speaking about labyrinth i know that um it's february and we just passed the anniversary of uh the late great uh philip seymour hoffman yeah i just want to talk a little bit if you would about how you guys met your friendship i know he directed many of your plays um yeah. and how did that um the friendship and then also the work collaboration start and, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, um, Phil came into lab because John Ortiz did a uh, a play with um, Peter Sellers, the mm -hmm. director, and you know he directs operas and mm -hmm. and theater. he did it um, like a, a world tour of um, Merchant of Venice, okay. and Phil was uh, in the production. And so when when John came back, he brought a couple of people. He brought Phil and his kid Joe Quintero. And um and this wonderful actress named Portia, um and they all came into the company. So me and Phil met, and um and we became like friends, you know. Um, and then um and then I wrote a play uh, about an Irish construction worker, um and he ended up playing the part. And somewhere in there, 
So he was like the lead actor and I was a playwright. And so we did a lot of, you know, communicating together mm-hmm. about stuff. And we, I think we both realized that we had a lot of things in common mm-hmm. and a lot of um, our ideas about how things should be, you know? And so then, I don't know, a year or two later, um, uh, he's now one of the artistic directors and they had a play of mine that they were doing. It was, it was in Arabia, we'd all be kings. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, who do you want to direct it? And I was like, how about you? And he was like, oh, Steve, I never, I've never directed a play before. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, but I never wrote a play before a couple of years. <laughs> yeah. But I knew even then that I could write anything and that he would understand it intellectually and emotionally and that he would be able to communicate that to actors in a way that would activate them, challenge them, embolden them. And... um and that's sort of how it started. And we did, uh, I think, six six more plays after that together. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's how it started. And we had, and it was uh, um, amazing, you know, uh, amazing, you know. And and uh, but I gotta say, and I always say this, it's so it's not like a, a new idea, but everybody knows that Phil was a fucking great actor. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and 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 really like a great artist. Um, but he was even better a person. No, oh. you know, I mean, you know, he. Um, I mean, you know, fifteen years when he was clean and sober. You know, he was just a great person. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a guy who would who would show up mm-hmm. for everybody. Yeah, you know. He would show up for his play. Mm-hmm. He'd show up for my play. He'd show up for like the worst person in the world's play. <laughs> yeah. You know, he he would show up and, mm-hmm. and and he was good. And it wasn't until he started using again that things um, went south and they went south pretty quick and it's, yeah. you know, horrible. But um, just, uh, yeah, a great guy. And he, he, um, Yeah, you know, uh, the Riverside was it River? No, Motherfucker was the first one that he didn't direct, mm. and uh, and I remember, um, I, I I want him to play the sponsor, okay. Like that was to me like the ideal. Like he read, we did a reading of the sponsor, and uh, it was you know I was like you could play the sponsor or you could direct it or you could do both, mm-hmm. and he he didn't want to do either, mm. you know, and he was like. He was like, I think we should just like do friend things, you know, like spend more time as friends, you know, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm down for the friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like <laughs> you've directed all my plays when there's like huge casts, the plays being written in rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You've done all, we've, we've done all this work together where it was so unmanageable, but here's a play that's basically <laughs> already written. It yeah. only has five characters. Mm-hmm. We're going to do it on Broadway. So why don't we do this mm-hmm. and kick ass and then go camping, you know, or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but he was adamant. And I, I think in retrospect that the play probably hit a little close too close to home mm. um but he also did me a a great service because uh when you work with somebody and work that intimately with somebody who's like so fucking smart 
mm-hmm. you know, and so um, committed and so passionate. You know, it doesn't, no matter how good I was, there was always a part of me that felt like, well, if it wasn't with Phil, it wouldn't work, you know, or, oh, mm-hmm. it's just, oh, I can just write good dialogue by Phil. And um, I had that, I had had, he gave me the opportunity to do a play mm-hmm. with somebody that I had never met before, where the stakes were humongous and come through it and realize like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm legit in my own right, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, we all, we all um, are touched by his loss almost daily. Yeah. You know? Almost daily, yeah. yeah. Still, and it's been fucking forever. Yeah. And now, like you know, the ones, you know, when I talk, you know, when I talk to anybody that didn't know him or didn't know him well, I just want to say all the good things because it's true. Mm-hmm. But like in the little inner circle, mm-hmm. we we deal with the grief by like just making fun of him and blasting him <laughs> and being like, yeah. you know, oh, his ego, oh, this, oh, remember this, oh, remember that. But yeah, yeah he's a great guy, and it's just, it's just. um life you know it's yeah. like life is i can see how much he actually affect you know how much yeah how yeah he was he was i would say for for 15 years he was probably the only person that i would listen to wow and uh and was always the first person i would turn to and it could be like not about even work sometimes mm-hmm. it's about work but it was just about like anything mm-hmm. you know um and yeah yeah, so. that's beautiful. I ran into um, Robert Falls mm. at the Lincoln Center Library just by luck. And I was um, studying Long Day's Journey into Night. I was working on it in class. And I just so happened to run into the guy at the Lincoln Center Library who directed it wow. with Philip Seymour Hoffman. And he saw the, the play in my hand. And he was like, oh, is that, are, you, are you watching? Are you Because, you know, you can go and watch the plays on the on the screens there. Yeah. And he's like, oh, are you watching Long Days? I'm like, yeah. I don't know who he was. It was just some guy standing there. And he was like, oh, cool. Which version? I was like, oh, the Philip Seymour Hoffman version. He's like, oh, cool. I directed that. I was like, what? <laughs> and it was just this incredible thing moment. And I actually, he was really sweet. And um, he um, he spoke to me for a few minutes afterwards. And I asked him about Phil and, and all that sort of stuff. Because I, I always thought he was, uh, you know, just just a fantastic actor. And I, uh, as, yeah. as much as the stuff that he did on film is incredible, the stuff he did on stage is just like... like Man, that stage... Long Day's Journey in Tonight, Act 4 with him is just... I mean, uh, it's it's it, it was so incredible that... I I was sitting and I, I didn't see it live. I saw it in that chair, but it brought up so much in me just sitting in a chair, watching it in a screen on like yeah. on a screen that I yeah. was just like, wow, imagine seeing this thing live. Yeah, yeah. I, I, just, I did. I saw it a few times and, and I mean, you know, and he was on stage with people who were like no slouches, but oh, he, no. I yeah. mean, he, how was he after a show like like after like did would you would you hang out would he go would he go out and hang out like after a show like that or yeah what? yeah I mean some yeah? yeah you know he was extremely sensitive mm-hmm. as you know as we all are but like you know a lot of times this was one of the lessons that I've learned <sighs> is that when somebody's really great you just assume that they know it yeah you know and they don't need you like you know sometimes you'll see like someone you really admire and you want to go up to them, like oh i don't want to bother them mm-hmm. um but you know my mother taught me years ago 
She was like, never be afraid to give someone a compliment mm -hmm. if it's sincere. Because yeah. you never know when they're going to need to hear it. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and Phil, as much as Phil was, could be full of bombast, blah, 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 he'd be like, you know, he, he'd be doing that show or something else. And, and, he, and he'd call me and he'd be like, hey. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, Max came to the show last night. Right, I was like, oh, I heard. He's like, he's like, he didn't go backstage. He didn't say for anybody. what he didn't like it. Blah, blah, blah. Like he was so sensitive, oh, wow. so sensitive about shit. Yeah, but if he was with his friends, yeah, he could go out. He yeah, could, yeah. he could release. But it, he, that's kind know, of nice to hear as an actor. It's true, man. It's so it's true. So it's nice not just him. Like yeah, yeah. really, like often the 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 bigger they are, the more they need it. The more the more that yeah that they need it. But he but the thing that was actually more striking than that to me was that every anytime he was doing a play or even or or a movie, but often a lot with the plays, you know, we'd be on the phone cuz I'd be up late writing and he'd get home from the show and you know, and he would call and he'd be like I suck. You know, wow. I want to quit acting, you know, um I want to go teach English in France like like he was so hard on himself yeah. you know and i used to say to him like bro as your friend i feel i feel horrible that you're going through this you know i was like but as like a person that would be paying 150 dollars to go see a play i want the actor that's up at night kicking himself yes. trying to figure out how to get better yes you know Definitely. and and it's a it's a it's a it's a balancing act right yeah. because we can't we can't do this to um to be misogynists, yes, you, you yes. know, but you know, Phil used to say, I said, it should cost you something to do what you do. Yeah. I heard you, you know? said that a good work costs you something. It should, you know, yeah. it's, it doesn't mean in an unhealthy way, but mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. you should be exhausted when you get off that stage. Yeah. If it's, you know, if you've, if you know, if you've done your job, you should like, because and you should give everything, you know, mm -hmm. that you have. And, so yeah, that uh, that was just another uh, example because I know I'm sure you've had this experience. I'm sure this gentleman's had this experience where you go see somebody, whatever, if it's in a play or something, and they fucking sucked. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my god, what am I gonna say to them? Yeah. And then afterwards, you know, they're like, hey, how's it going? Hey, let's go get a drink. And you're just like, how are you even? How are you even showing your face? You know? Yeah. yeah you would rather the opposite. Somebody be incredible and and not know if they were, yeah. they were doing a good job. Yeah, amazing. That, you know that happened. I got to meet Robin Williams when he did <sighs> um, the oh, Bengal Tiger, oh. and uh, and Rajiv, who's a playwright. Took I just me back did, and, I just did gruesome playground injuries oh, wow. a couple months ago, and Rajiv came to the show. Oh, and I he's met him. He he's a sweetheart. He's and so, he's a he's a great writer too. Great writer. But he took me, and I met. I mean, I was just born. I mean, I, you know who doesn't? Yeah, Robin Williams. He didn't want to hear. A single word of praise. All he wanted to talk about, he had seen Motherfucker with the Hat. He's mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, Motherfucker, oh, oh, that play. But he was so um, humble. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, yeah, I was, um, my friend Hurach was in that. He played Uday Hussein. Oh, man, he was great. Yeah. So I was, was uh, I, I did a TV show with him many, many years ago. And it's funny because I was in class at, in, I, I used to live here in LA. I used to go to the Beverly Hills Playhouse. And my teacher there said, you should get this play called Bengal Tiger at the Baghdad Zoo. And I was like, oh, yeah. what is that? He's like, oh, it's about the Iraq war. And I kind of, I, my family lived through it because I lived in Kuwait and Iraq invaded yeah. and we had to get yeah. out of there. Yeah, yeah. So I know a lot about the war and all that kind of stuff. So that's how I kind of, and then like weeks later, I book a part on the TV show and this Hurach guy is on 
my scene is with him. And then he's talking to me about how he was on Broadway with Robin Williams. And I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, what'd you do? He's like, oh, this Bengal t-. I was like, oh, my teacher just told me to do this thing. Yeah, yeah. Uday Hussein. He's like, I played Uday Hussein. I was like, man, it's just weird how sometimes some of this stuff. But yeah, no, Rajiv is amazing. Um, those plays are, his plays are, 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 are wonderful. And um, I got to briefly meet him. He was very sweet. Um, we had no idea who was coming to the show. Um, but I think the director, our director invited him. And then he just, he was nice enough to come and stop yeah, he's by. He's a sweet, he's yeah. a sweet dude. I re- read somewhere or heard somewhere that you are doing an, an adaptation of one of my favorite films of all time. Is it still happening? Dog Day Afternoon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for Broadway. Wow. Yeah. Um it's been uh they they gave me the job like like 6 6 and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's been in the works for a long time, and they they give you that much time. Well, I or you're just like, they, I, need, I need it. They won't fire me. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Like I, I got the they, I got the job when I was doing the get down, so they knew it would take a while. And for whatever reason, they they're they're waiting, and so it's it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I can't I, wait yeah. for that. That's yeah. Gonna we be did a reading in, at Ohio um, in the summer, and it's coming along. Yeah, and hopefully it'll be. If not, like it, hopefully it'll be next season. Wow! I mean, you know, do you do you know who's, who's going to be who's going to play the the? the do you I, guys don't, know? I don't. I wow. don't know. Um, although, uh, um, uh, you know, when I first had the meeting, I was like, I was like, you know, this would be a great part for for Bobby Cannavale. I was, I was, it was at the tip of my tongue. I was like, can you please get Bobby? And, to but, do it? but they were like, they were like, <laughs> yes, but but the younger version. Like they wanted somebody like in their late twenties or thirties, so I was like, okay. Um, and then uh, I would do readings every once in a while and have people read. And then one time I called Bobby. And I was like, hey, I told them already. I was like, yeah, yeah they I, think you're too old, whatever. Yeah. I was like, but you want to do a reading just for fun? Yeah. So we did a Zoom reading, and mm-hmm. afterwards, the execs called me. They're like, Bobby was wonderful. Do you think he'll do it? <laughs> um, of course he was wonderful. So hopefully he'll do it. Although mm-hmm. you know. Uh, John Bernthal did it in uh, Ohio. He was tremendous, also, and and so I don't know how the cast is going to turn out, but yeah. my hope is that first to write it. That's what I say. Let me write it first. We cross that bridge, um, and then hopefully next season. But it's uh, it's interesting adapting because it there's elements of that film that really suit itself to be on the stage, yes. and then there's other elements that are pretty pretty challenging. Yeah, you know? the end is challenging. I would find to be well, on yeah, stage. The rest helicopters, of it, yeah, and all of that stuff the... is. But I think the majority of it is within the bank. Would be a pretty, pretty cool way to. Yeah, you just have to. I think in the movie, like, like even everybody remembers, like you know, Kazal, obviously, I love brilliant love. But like, if you watch the movie, he, I don't, he might have like twenty or thirty lines. Yeah total yeah you know but it's a movie the the uh, you know all the hostages you know they have little moments here and there but it's in the background but in a play if you're going to put people on stage for two hours they have to have yes. more so i'm working on on all that that's amazing yeah and hopefully it'll i hope that comes through i do want to talk about some of the tv stuff um uh I did not even know about the get down until I started to do the research for the, for, for 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 coming here. I'm a huge hip hop fan. I, I grew up in the '80s and '90s, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I saw that this was done with Baz Luhrmann. How did you guys meet? And how did the concept? Was it his idea? Your idea? How did you guys collab- come together to collaborate on? Uh, so the show, if people because people are gonna be listening to this without even the show is. 
From what I'm, from uh, it's it's basically the a story about the evolution of music from I guess uh, the birth of hip hop, birth in the, of hip hop in, in the Bronx, yeah, yeah, in the seventies, yeah, um, and yeah. So how, how did how did you get involved in that project? Well, I think that I think Baz had Baz had uh, wanted to do a show about the birth of hip hop, right? Oh. But I didn't, you know, Baz had nothing to do with him, and um, but then I got an email one day. And it said from Baz Luhrmann. I was like, I thought it was like a joke or like junk mail or something. Okay. And but he, I guess he saw a motherfucker with the hat, and he wanted to meet me. And mm -hmm. and uh, and then he told me, you know, he's doing the show about the birth of hip hop, blah blah. blah and well, do you like it? I was like, yeah, of course I like hip hop. Mm -hmm. And I was like, could it be a coming of age story? Yes, I love that idea. Blah blah blah. So that's that's how it happened. So I sort of signed on to kind of co-create and and um and help him bring it into existence. So but it wasn't my idea. In fact, mm -hmm. I didn't want to do TV. I, mm -hmm. I in fact I got I'd received some award that came with money mm -hmm. and I was like, all right, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> fuck TV. Fuck yeah. all the shit. I'm just gonna write plays yeah. and you know, work with young kids mm -hmm. and that's it. But then, you know, when Baz Lerman calls and it's, you know, that, you know. Yeah, um, yeah so that's how it started. That's Amazing. how it started. How does somebody like you, like, how does acting work for somebody like you? Do you, I mean, I'm, I'm, are you still, do you, are you still auditioning? Yeah, or are you yeah. really? I'm trying to get auditions. Really? Yes. I'm represented by <laughs> WME, and I wish I got a few more fucking auditions. <laughs> Can we please get uh, this man some more auditions? Could, could, could the season regular on the HBO show get a fucking audition? <laughs> yes. Um, please. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, but you know what? It's 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 every you know every. I, I, I always saw you would you just people just offering and you're just like no, no I don't no like no, no no no. I mean I, I think that now it's more it's more likely people when I have an audition it's because people already sort of know me. Mm -hmm. In fact, the writing helped in that way. I went yeah. from like some unknown, hard to type person mm -hmm. to someone that some people knew. Um, but uh, like like the winning time was just a straight offer. Hmm, but nice. it, but his la Adam's last film or the the one before that I auditioned for and got a part and then and then he just cast me in this so that's how that happened but no I audition of course yeah hmm. I, I I audition you know um um it's very elite elite company where you no longer audition even big yeah actors often will have to audition you know mm -hmm. and occasionally get an offer and um but. Yeah, I, I audition because I want to do it. You know, yeah, you I like, like acting. It. It's, it's yeah, what, yeah. It's, so you you like acting more than than writing. Well, because mm -hmm. acting, you can, I can wake up in the morning and be like depressed and and like I don't want to live. I don't want to leave the house. But I got rehearsal at yeah, ten. Yeah. Right. So like you know nine. Even if it's like nine thirty, I don't take a shower. I don't brush my teeth. <laughs> I just I get there at ten or one. I'm still in a bad mood. But now like hey, he's here. You're there. Someone says hey, blah blah blah. Someone makes a joke, and then you're working together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, a few hours go by, and I feel back to myself. Yeah. With writing, I can wake up in that same state, and there's no one to redirect you're my alone. energy. Yeah. You know. Um. So I like. I like that. And also it's, uh, you know, both are difficult to do well, 
But you know, acting, it's like a sport. I like sports too, although I don't look very sporty anymore. <laughs> but like, you know, uh, it's, you know, you know, you do it. Yeah. You yeah. know, if you're doing a play, mm -hmm. you're terrified and you go through the process and you get off stage and, you know, mm -hmm. acting is mm -hmm. always where I feel most okay in my body, okay yeah. in my skin, you know. And maybe it's because I'm being someone else. Maybe it's not, but I... Mm -hmm. I, I I enjoy it. Did you train acting growing up? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, uh, I studied with William Esper. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, what happened with that was I joined Labyrinth, and uh, it was I was so intimidated because like everybody was like cooler than me, better looking than me, better actor than me. But I noticed that all like the best, like Sam Rockwell and a few others, they had all t mentioned this guy Bill. Oh, Bill said, oh, Bill. I'm like, so I was like, man, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to have to find out who this fucking Bill guy is. So I went and took his summer intensive and I ended up studying him for- Who's Bill who? uh, Bill Esper, William oh, Esper. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> yeah. How I, uh, that's how I started studying there. And then from there, I met Daphne Rubin Vega, who I brought in, became a member of our company, and this other guy, Salvatore Zarillo, uh, who was in Jesus Up the A-Train and Judas and uh, in Arabia. And mm -hmm. yeah, um, but yes, that's- uh, And it was the first time- Studying with Bill was the first time that I was in any kind of an academic setting mm -hmm. where I truly was inspired and truly wanted to do the best that I possibly could. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's awesome. Well, I have a few just re just questions that I've always wanted to ask sure. uh, you. Like, um, who's your favorite playwright of all time? Tennessee Williams. Tennessee Williams. Definitely. And what is your favorite play of all time? Favorite play? Um, is it is it from Tennessee or or? Could, I mean, it could yeah, not be. yeah, yeah. I mean, the play that uh, it's hard to say. I mean, the, you could pick more than one. Well, the play that affected me that I really remember being affected when I was like fifteen. We went to England, and I saw a production of All My Sons by Arthur Miller, <sighs> and that really. Um, changed me um that might be my favorite play of all time yeah uh, i love this play i don't it's not the greatest but when i saw i got to see uh malkovich and burn this mm -hmm. and that um i was on a break from school i saw that play i went back to albany and changed my major to theater wow and the other one which was again combination i don't know if it's like favorite but my friend worked uh at, at a theater and he's like i have extra tickets for this show you want to go? I was like, I didn't even want to go. <laughs> I was like, what is it? Like, eh. so I showed up, and it was uh, this is our youth, Kenny Lonergan, Lonergan yeah. and uh, with uh, fucking Mark Ruffalo. Wow. And Mark Ruffalo's performance blew me away, and Kenny's play blew me away. And the thing that really blew me away about Kenny's play was. Kenny grew up in, he's, I think he's a few years older than me, but he grew up in my neighborhood. And my neighborhood was like, was wealthier than my family was. Mm -hmm. So I grew up with a lot of like resentment and jealousy and anger towards a lot of those kids. Because mm -hmm. they all had more money than me. You know, they had better pot than me. Like they had better <laughs> girls. Like they wouldn't invite when, when you know, you're a teenager and you like, let's all, everyone come over and we're going to play like, you know, spin the bottle, make out the color. I was not, you know, so I had a lot of resentment against those kids. Mm -hmm. And I saw this is our youth, like, you know, 20 years after I'm no longer a kid. And it was about those kids because mm -hmm. that he was one of those kids. And I was able to understand and have empathy for, kid, for you know, rich rich kids mm -hmm. that I, I didn't have. And that really 
was amazing. And then when we did Jesus in London, mm -hmm. they were doing um, This Is Our Youth in London. And uh, it was different cast. It was uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. Um, and um, who's that amazing actress who, who won the Oscar when she was like eight? Natalie Portman? Not Natalie Portman. Um, uh, she was also in the TV show for a long time about the vampire on HBO. Oh, I don't oh, know. Oh, fuck. I can't remember her name. I can't remember. It'll come to me. But anyway, mm -hmm. they were in it. But because we were friends with the producer, they let me go see it for free. Mm. I saw that play like eight times <laughs> because I was so amazed at his ability to sustain dialogue. Um, so, yeah, those are some. Um, I remember seeing Angels in America the, the, and that. Which one did you see? The, the first, the, the one with Jeffrey Wright. Oh, wow. You know, um, I remember seeing, and, and Jeffrey Wright was like a kid then. And uh, and then I saw him on Amsterdam Avenue a couple of days later. I remember, and I was like, oh my God. I was like, hey man, I'm sorry to blah, 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 blah. And I remember, like, this is how long ago it was. Like, he was like, genuinely, you know, there was no blase. He's like, oh, thank you so much, you know. That's um, always nice. There's nothing see. better to yeah. me. I mean, a great music show. Yeah, uh, our great support. But when the theater is at its best, yeah, it's nothing better. I mean, when I first time I saw Long Day's Journey, um, it was opening, and then there was a party afterwards. It was like, of course, I went to the party, but it's like, I didn't want to go to the party. Mm. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I wanted like I, I like walked around the block like four or five times because it just it sits in you, you yeah. know. There is something about a good show that you want it to linger as long as possible. Yeah. it's all, You know it's a good show and after you want to go and talk about the show. You have to go somewhere and talk to somebody about it or whoever you're with. Yeah. Like, let's go eat something and let's just talk about what just ex what just happened on that stage because yeah. it was amazing. Yeah. Actually, like at, my first thing is like, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah. And then I want to talk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Well, last question I have for yes, you. Yes, sir. If you had the opportunity to create any kind of work and you were bound by nothingness, the budget was unlimited, you could have anybody in it, it could be a play, it could be a film, it could be a movie, right. anything, what do you think you would do? You think you would do a play, you think you would do a film, and who would you want, um, who would you want to be a part of it? And what kind of story would you want to tell? Uh, that's a that's an open ended question. <laughs> um, is there ever ever been any like uh, maybe, uh, maybe? Is there ever been a project you've always wanted to do but never really got the chance to do it? Um. Well, I mean, first of all, I kind of exist in a way of thinking that always thinks like I may never be able to do it again. So like I. Uh, I may never be able to do a play again. Who knows? You know, certainly Broadway is not something that happens all the time. Um, so if it could only be one thing, it would probably be another play. But but no, my sister thinks I should direct a movie mm -hmm. and that maybe there's a world one day. Like I, at one point I was writing a screenplay that was like sort of like the prequel to Jesus Hop the A-Train. Like what happened, like that That play was based on experiences I had of a friend joining a cult mm -hmm. and me and his brother and his father and a couple other people trying to kidnap him and deprogram him. Right. Um, and uh, that story is interesting to me. Um, Just writing how the, the kid got into the cult? Yeah, like, like, the, like the, the, the play became fictional 
you know, I mean, I was a bike messenger. I didn't stab Sung Young Moon or shoot him in the ass. <laughs> you know, I didn't meet a guy on death row. Um, but sort of the what I learned in the process, because when it was happening, you know, I, I spent a good amount of time and energy like dedicated to this cause of like, we got to get Joey back, mm -hmm. you know, we got to, you know, and then eventually I went to therapy. And when I went to therapy, what I learned was like, yeah, did I love Joey? Yes. Do I think that the Unification Church is bullshit? Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but really Joey was like my friend from childhood. Mm -hmm. And so letting him go, was like letting Your my childhood, childhood go. go. And if I let my childhood go, then what does that mean? What am I left with? Adulthood. Mm. And I don't want to be an adult, mm. you know? Um, and so I, I, it took a while to get to that place, but that's sort of what it was what what it was about at the time. Um, so yeah, anyway, to answer your question, um, oh, I know the answer to this question. Okay. You know, I'm an amateur, very amateur um guitar music mm -hmm. you know guy and so i guess if i could if i could i would like to be able to do what i do now for longer and hopefully be productive and be helpful to others but um but i would love to someday do a show where either i write the songs or it's a combination of songs i've written and other songs and sort of um I like to perform. Uh, I like to perform music. Oh, nice! In front of other people someday. In fact, what I say is is like like you know when you go to like Florida or something, and you go to those bars, and there's like the guy in the Hawaiian shirt <laughs> yeah. that plays like cover songs of the Eagles. Yeah, it's like I want to be that guy. <laughs> like it's not my final aspiration, but yeah, like yeah. if I could start there, be have enough aptitude yeah. that I could do that. I'd be really happy. And there's probably still enough time. There's, there will never be enough time for me to be a great musician, but there's enough time to be competent. And I enjoy it in the same way that I enjoy acting. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to be a baseball player. That's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, um, there's certain things that won't, but that could sell. So I'd like to do that. And I would invite you. The other thing I'd like to do, <laughs> that's, that's why we should take numbers, is that uh, is also I would like to invest a little bit in our, in our Arab American community. Um, I, for years, I've wanted, I've had an idea for a play um, called The Egyptians Are Coming, The Egyptians Are Coming, based on growing up. Well, you know, I don't know about how it was in your house, mm. but like anytime there was an Egyptian in the tri-state area, <laughs> they had to come to my house, yeah. they had to stay at my house. I can't tell you how many nights I spent sleeping with like, you know, a twin beds and I'd be sleeping and there'd be some usually overweight, hairy <laughs> guy who smelled like Johnny Walker Black, um, uh, what do men wear? Now, aftershave <laughs> yeah. and cigarettes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I feel that the, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like popular culture um, helps Americans understand groups that are different than them. Mm -hmm. And it's happened, you know, the Jeffersons, Sanford and the Sons, Good Times, they were all comedies, but they helped people understand what a black community was like, or, you know, Chico and the Man, this and that. I feel like the Arab Americans is still, people don't really understand. That's true. And they, when I say they don't understand, what I mean to say is 
nobody has shown in the same way that Neil Simon so the world this is what a Jewish family and it's the same as your family people have not really yet understood that we are that it's the same there's yeah. so much similar for sure and 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 and, and uh, yeah you know I mean I don't I don't experience prejudice, mm -hmm. you know, but I still hear a lot of ignorant shit. Yeah. And I want people to see like, no, we got the funny uncle too. For sure. You know? Um, yeah, we do. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much. Bro, thank you. It was incredible. Thank you for doing this. Um, I've been a, um, a huge fan from afar for a very, very long time. I appreciate all the work you've done. It's uh, been a pleasure working on all of your plays all these years and finally getting to meet you. So thank yeah, you man. so much, Yeah, man. My pleasure. My really pleasure. appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.